Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Travis Brown, the reporter for the College Station Eagle, covering all things Texas A&M. He joins us. Travis, as always, appreciate you joining us, man. How you doing? Anytime. Thanks for having me. Doing well. Absolutely. Let's just start with A&M. I will admit, and I'm sure you will too, that you probably expected A&M to be 3-0 heading into this game. But instead, they're 2-1. and They lost to App State, did get a nice win against Miami. But how would you describe the first three games for Texas A&M and how things are going right now? Yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head. It was a surprise. I think that uh, a lot of people come into this season thought that it was going to be uh, a, a, a year that uh, A&M could really um, push ahead and push ahead early and that that App State uh, loss caught everybody a little bit by surprise, you would say, looking at the calendar before the season. But after what the, the kind of inept offense that they've had so far this season and the defense's inability to get off the field at times, it, it, it kind of also looked like it was coming a little bit once the season started. So it, it's been a weird year. It, it, you know, that Miami game, uh, it was a win, but it was ugly, and, and it certainly isn't necessarily – uh, indicative of, of ways that A&M can actually win more games uh, throughout the season. So it, it's going to be an interesting one this week for, for A&M, that's for sure. So what's the feeling with Max Johnson taking over? The offense didn't look that much more improved, but overall is there a better feeling with Max Johnson? I think there is. He had a lot more poise in the pocket. He was able to uh, sense pressure a little bit better than Haynes King and step up, move around the pocket, uh, and, and deliver some pretty good passes, although his stat line ultimately wasn't necessarily great, 10 for 20 for a little over 140 yards. But I think he, he passed the eye test in the sense that he, he had poise. He was able to uh, kind of orchestrate the offense a little better. And when he did uh, deliver balls, they, they were in there. Miami actually played some pretty good pass defense against some of those passes as well. So uh, I think everyone, it is certainly Max Johnson's job to, to lose moving forward. Now, Travis, I know that uh, A&M has done a really good job in recruiting. You know, they've, they've done some great classes and they've put it together. And I guess the question, I'm sure you've been asked it and, and people have asked you, is why has the offense struggled? I, I mean, it seems like they got all the talent and all the pieces and their defense has been great. But why do you think the offense for Texas A&M has gotten off to such a slow start this year? I, I don't know if you can actually put it your, your, the finger on any one thing. It's kind of the combination of, of a lot of things. I think the, the first most easiest thing to look at is that the offensive line just hasn't necessarily been as strong suit as the team so far. They haven't gotten much of a push at all on run blocking, and so Devon A-Chain has struggled because of it. And uh, The quarterbacks have gotten put under a decent amount of pressure, even against four-man rushes. Uh, and, and so the offensive line has to step up, get a little bit more continuity and uh, a little bit more push against the, the opposing defensive fronts. I think adding Bryce Foster in at center last week will help a little bit. He, he, he was a, a big player for them last year and a strong guy and a guy who communicates well, get everybody on the same page a little bit better. But I think, too, you kind of have to look at uh, the way Jimbo Fisher runs the offense. It, it's, it's an old-school style offense compared to um, a lot of the way, way people run offenses now. It, it's based primarily on ball control and uh, controlling the top, the clock, running, getting lots of racking up lots of first downs, so you run up the clock and then get the ball in the end zone. There's not necessarily a whole lot of 
explosive play makes play, uh, plays in there. There's plays that can turn into explosive plays, but uh, he, he's not necessarily going to call that because he wants to keep the ball. Um, but when you go, when, when you have a defense that has trouble getting off the field, you, you got to find ways to put points on the board. And I think that's one of the reasons why they haven't uh, necessarily been uh, great so far. And they have a pretty young wide receiving core, so there's been some some mistakes uh, uh, on some of the route running as well, he said. So it's kind of a little bit of, of a combination of everything uh, put together that is that has made it a little bit inept so far this season. A&M has always been strong on the edges on both sides of the ball when you look at the tackles, defensive ends. You mentioned some of the struggles with the offensive line. What do they look like from specifically the tackle position? Do they feel better about some of the talent that may be behind the players that are on the field now because they have recruited so well. I apologize. I didn't hear on the defensive side of the ball or on, on the offensive side of the ball. They're always been strong on both, but specifically asking about tackles because of the struggles that you mentioned with the offensive line. Maybe they feel better about some of the, uh, the talent that's behind on that, the offensive tackle position because of how well they've recruited here recently. Yeah, you know they they haven't really necessarily been that that um, willing to to rotate some guys in. It was, last week there was a little bit as actually the guard position there was a little bit of um, of of toggling back and forth between Aki Agumbi and um, uh, Jordan uh, Moko who from from Australia uh, and uh, seeing some some rotation between those guys there. But other than that, the offensive line has been pretty locked in and set. I think that they're looking maybe more for continuity than necessarily finding uh, a, a different option. Uh, so that'll be interesting uh, to see. But, yeah, they're, they're, they, for the entirety of the time that Jimbo Fisher's been here, they haven't necessarily been that willing to um, break up an offensive line. That they kind of want uh, to let those guys continue to get uh, snaps together. Speaking with Travis Brown of the College Station Eagle here on Out of Bounds on the Jones and Sun Diamond and Bridal Fine Jewelry Hotline. Uh, so, so what would you say is the pulse right now, Travis, of the fans? I mean, is it more of like kind of, you know, are they on edge? Are they mad? Are they kind of waiting and seeing? Because there's a lot of expectations down there. How are the fans handling the way that the season has gone so far? I think there's a, there is a, a myriad of reactions so far. I think there is plenty of people who are mad at, uh, you know, I think it's something that, that maybe some of the Cowboys fans that are up in y'all's Area you can maybe follow uh, your, your your alumni Jerry Jones the, the the famous quote of the Cowboys won't be the Cowboys until Jerry the owner fires Jerry the general manager I think that there's something to that with a, a certain segment of the fan base who wants to see uh, Jimbo the head coach fire Jimbo the offensive coordinator and play caller and bring somebody else in to, to maybe spice up the offense a little bit but um, I, I think that some places there's still hope uh, you know that they I think everyone kind of thought that a step up this season would be a, a double-digit win season, knocking on the door of the college football playoff. That last part probably is, is, is a little bit out of the picture with uh, Appalachian State, although when it all is said and done at the end of the season, that Appalachian State loss might not look so bad. It's a pretty good football team, uh, but that still isn't is going to probably keep them out of the – they'd have to run the table, win the SEC West, and then see how – the or win the SEC period and then see how – uh, that looked, and I think that is a, a, a long shot to say anything. I, I, so I think getting to the ten wins w- would would be a big step forward. So there's 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 uh, it's kind of mixed 
hope and 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 a little bit of regret all all put together about what's already happened but what's uh yet to come uh this season you mentioned that Jimbo kind of runs that offense where it's uh he he wants to be more run based but A&M has some good receivers so what what's the deal with uh the receivers that especially the ones coming into the season Anaya Smith he was expected to have a really big season and and do some good things um how how often are they trying to get the ball to him and get get the ball in his hands as a playmaker? Yeah, and I don't. It's interesting because I don't necessarily think that Jimbo wants to focus. You know, to, to have a run based offense. I think he wants it to be pretty balanced. But he, he uses kind of high percentage pass or tries to use kind of high percentage passing to move the chains and, and keep control of the clock. Um, the, the wide receivers have been interesting. Anaya Smith has has been pretty good so far, but he's faced a lot of double teams and, and they've had to kind of look other places. I think Evan Stewart, the true freshman, when it's all said and done, is, is going to have a good season. He's going to be a good piece to the Aggies moving forward with the speed he has and the ability to get behind defenses. That that could actually open up a little bit of that explosive, uh, a few of those explosive plays they've been looking for. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think that they're, they're, they're still pretty raw, that it still has a lot to, to learn in the wide receivers and, and I think A&M fans would hope that as each game goes by, they get a little bit more experience, uh, pull in a few more catches, and, and balance out the offense uh, a, a little bit. Travis, uh, we look at all situations on whether or not a team wins or loses this weekend, but say if if Texas A&M lost to Arkansas, and say if they had the similar struggles they've had all year with not being able to score, not having much effectiveness offensively, do people start pushing the panic button, or is it more like, hey, you lost to a good team, uh, you still got other opportunities in front of you. Like, what would be the reaction if A&M lost this game against Arkansas? Well, I think any time. I mean, I, I know there's probably A&M and Arkansas fans that would want to push back on me about this. But for all in, intents and purposes, this, this is a rivalry game. There's a history there. I, I, as you can see days, I asked all the Arkansas players what trophy game that meant the most to win to them, and they said it was the A&M game. I mean, these, play, these teams, these players enjoy playing against each other, and they, they, they want to – they, they want to win this game, and the fan bases want to win this game, and I think either fan base would not enjoy losing this game to, to, to this opponent. So I think that, that there's a certain level of, of ire that will come out of losing this game for either of the fan bases. Um, it, it's interesting because it, it, you have to break down what, what exactly does the, the panic button mean in this situation because I think in any other kind of situation you might say, a, a coach would be on the hot seat or something like that. But Jimbo Fisher isn't going where, anywhere with the way that his contract is structured, all of the guaranteed money he is owed. Um, it's not like they can necessarily get rid of him quickly if they didn't want him. Um, that that being said, yeah, would there be some pretty frustrated fans and you might see a few less butts in, in Kyle Field probably um, if, if they lost that game because that would probably put just about any hope of a step forward this season out the door, uh, the margin for error, spin, error for, is thin for this team uh, after losing to, to App State, and so it'll it'll be interesting to see um, what that reaction is and, and what exactly, if the panic button is pushed, what does that look like? Of course they want to win now, but as part of that, the way that they've recruited and the excitement for future classes that are coming in and being able to contribute to this team. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think that there is there is a little hope for the future for A&M fans because they did have that big 
uh, record-breaking recruiting class that came in with last season and see how those guys develop and grow. I mean, the number two recruit in the nation was Walter Knowles, the defensive tackle, and he's seen time but hasn't seen a, a significant amount of time. He was out last week with an injury and, and should be back this season, uh, this, uh, this this weekend. Uh, and uh, Gabriel Bramler-Dindy is another five-star defensive tackle who hasn't seen any action this year because he's still recovering from uh, a surgery he had in his offseason. I think there is some hope uh, to see how some of these guys uh, develop moving forward um, because that 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 if there is a window for A and M to, to find the kind of success they need it they, they want and and that they hired Jimbo Fisher to bring in, it's going to be with within the, the the confines of this recruiting class. If A and M is going to win this game, Travis, is it simply just the quarterback playing well, the offensive playing well? Is it as simple as that, or do you see some other things that they have to do if they want to be able to beat Arkansas this weekend? I, this is going to be super cliche, but I, I think it's it's actually going to depend on what happens in, in the trenches on both offensive lines. But the, the, both the sides of the, the the line, I think the offensive line has been a big part of the reason why the offense hasn't necessarily been consistent, and they're really going to have their hands full um, against an always physical Arkansas defensive front. I think A&M's defensive front, which which was going to be pretty which everyone thought would be pretty highly rated coming into the season, has really struggled getting a, a push against run blocking. Uh, when In that Appalachian State game, there's plenty of times that they had short distance uh, third down conversions, fourth down conversions, where they needed a stop. They needed to keep them from getting a yard. But most of the time when teams needed a yard, they knew they could get a yard against this A&M defensive front, which is very different from – uh, A&M teams of the, of the near future. So I, I, they're going to need to uh, be able to get some penetration in against Arkansas's offensive line, which is um, a, a feat of its own with what Arkansas's been able to do in the run game. Uh, that That's going to be a really interesting thing to watch because if they get anywhere close to out physical in this game, I think it, it could get ugly. So what do you think happens? We'll let you we'll let you go on this one. What do you think happens? You think A and M is uh, able to get a victory against Arkansas? Or do you think the uh, Razorbacks get out of there with the dub? I, I picked A and I picked Miami to beat A and M last week, and of course A and M uh, came out with it. it it's going to be interesting to see what kind of team Miami actually is when it's all said and done. I I believe Arkansas is a good team uh, this year with with everything that they've shown so far. I, I you know I I I just can't pick the Aggies right now in a, in a game uh, of this magnitude until they showed me something better on offense. It just seemed, it, it doesn't seem like uh, they should be able to win a game like this with the way that they played so far, but they did exactly enough that they needed to do to take down Miami last week. So like I said, it, you know, these games are fun. As we all know, they, they're always close. They're always, no matter what the records are or the, uh, the, the, the rankings are something crazy happens and it seems to always go to overtime. So it's going to be a close one, but I, I, I just can't go with the Aggies until they show me something more. Well, Travis, you probably just had a lot more Razorback fans follow you on Twitter for saying such a thing. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're probably loving that, but it should be a great game. It'll be a close game. I think we all can agree that too, but definitely an interesting one for both teams. But uh, Travis, as always, man, we appreciate you joining us. Enjoy Arlington this weekend. I know it's always a good time and we look forward to catching up with you later down the road. Sure thing, guys. Thanks.